My name is Matt Brown. And oh, the yeah. Oscar goes to... Okay, Coda. <laughs> and let's start the show. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Oh. everybody the world is a better place because you are here to join us my name is matt brown and i am the host of the productive conversations podcast it is tuesday march 29th 2022 and we have a monumental episode for each and every single one of you seriously there was a lot of shit that happened this past sunday and we have to get into it don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So where do I begin on this? A reaction to the 94th Academy Awards. First, we got Chris Bailey coming back to uh, reflect on our picks and reflect on our excitement for what we saw on Sunday. And, I mean, obviously this was a great night where we saw a lot of deserving filmmakers, cast, and crew get properly nominated. I really can't look at the winners and say, damn, this is a joke. This should have gone to someone else. I think everyone was properly deserved. Sure, there was a few snubs here and there, but there was nothing that was outright disappointing. And let's be real, that's not the biggest story to come out of the 94th Academy Awards. The biggest story is obviously seeing Will Smith slap Chris Rock in the middle of the Oscar stage after Chris Rock made a joke towards Will's wife about... G.I. Jane 2. And yeah, what can I say? A joke is a joke. And I don't think there is any real maliciousness towards it. People have been insulting and poking fun at celebrities at the Academy Awards forever. I mean, come on. Really? Now, you're entitled to feel the way you want to feel, but we need to be adults in the room. I understand honoring your wife, and if we were in different situations where my partner was getting insulted, I definitely would probably want to have the urge to slap the guy who did that. But we have to be adults here as well. We got to be adults in the room and speak under the circumstances of what happened. We need to express why that was wrong, why that was fucked up, why that was so out of line. Instead of going out there and punching somebody, risk getting in trouble, risk embarrassment, and look like a damn fool in front of millions of people. And that was the situation that took place on Sunday night. I mean, we saw an Oscars where there was a lot of accomplishments and a lot of things to be inspired by and a lot of things to really be proud of and see. We had a deaf actor win an Oscar. We had a queer woman win an Oscar. We saw another woman win Best Director. 
We saw so many films and talented filmmakers, cast, and crew get properly recognized, and that all went to shit when the best actor of this year's Academy Awards went to go slap a comedian in his face in front of everybody. It has led to many memes. It has led to quite the discussion that will probably last a few more days. But Will Smith was out of line. Even though he deserved to win the Oscar, it's a damn shame that this guy who's brought a lot of joy to so many people for over 30 years, now he has to be known as the guy who ruined his moment by slapping somebody over a joke. And sure, this can lead to many of discussions on how do we take jokes? What is comedy? I mean, what the hell happened at the Oscars where you could just go up and slap somebody in the middle of the stage? So much can be taken in and reflected on, but at the end of the day, you're more of a man if you go and speak to him and talk about what the hell happened, why you were out of line, and why you should apologize to my wife. I really think that is the way to go. I'd like to think that is the way I would approach the situation. And what a mess. What a mess it turned the Oscars this year. And all I can say is we will all remember when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Now, I didn't watch the Oscars completely live. I actually went out to watch St. Peter's of Jersey City get obliterated by the University of North Carolina. Now that sends the Tar Heels to the Final Four, and St. Peter's just ends their absolutely incredible Cinderella story. That was really special. I'm so happy that I was in Jersey City during their miraculous run. I did not talk about it much on this podcast, but I did notice all the fanfare and why, and it was great driving around the city and seeing so many people with peacock pride. And though they weren't able to make it to the Final Four, there is nothing but caps off and pure joy that this team brought to us. And power to them. St. Peter's Peacocks. We will never forget you in the spring of 2022. Between that and, you know, being at home and working a lot, it was a productive weekend. And it was quite a way to end the weekend with this Oscars. But regardless, we have to get into the most important part of the night. And that's the awarding of the Golden Statues itself. And me and Chris get into that. We talk about the winners the losers, some surprises, some snubs. We talk about the performers and the presenters. And of course, we get right into the altercation between Rock and Will Smith, Chris Rock and Will Smith. And this is a really good show. I appreciate Chris Bailey and his time and giving a powerful performance here on this podcast. And let's talk about this show that nobody will forget for a long time. Chris Bailey, it's your turn. Let's talk about the Oscars in 2022. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. So about Sunday night, you know, this was a originally a podcast about the Oscars. First, I have Chris Bailey with me today. What's up, Chris? What's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, happy to be back um, and excited to discuss, you know, the the wins, the snubs, the 
the um, <laughs> the speeches, the hosting, and and more <laughs> and more exactly. And more. <laughs> so yes, Chris, when we met up on Thursday, we were just talking about the movies, and yeah. you know. Before we dive into that, we obviously have to talk about the elephant in the room. So let's get out of the way. Let's talk about that more. You were talking about. So we're about to watch the best documentary award being presented. We have former host of the Oscars and well-established comedian Chris Rock. As every comedian does at all these award shows, they take, you know, little jabs. They do little jokes. Mm-hmm. Go to Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith said he first of all, he said, I love you, Jada. But, you know, I'm ready for G.I. Jane. While Will Smith was also laughing with people, you could see she was upset. And before you know it, as he's about to present the award, he's like, oh, oh. And you see Will Smith <laughs> go up to Chris Rock and slap him right in the face. Ah. <laughs> uh, And then he goes back and Chris Rock just says, wow, Will Smith slapped the shit out of me. And that turns out to be the biggest story out of these Oscars. Yeah. The slap heard around the world. Yeah. (laughs) No, I was just going to like, it's kind of when you think about it, it is kind of it made, you know, the Oscars as a whole, like much more. I think entertain. I mean, people are finding it more entertaining because of this. At where in, we're in, like in the past, people have you know I, the Oscars tends to turn mm-hmm. people away. I think after after years, just because they sort of fall off with it and they don't they don't enjoy it as much anymore. So right. it, this sort of got you know, of course, social media. The minute this happened, it blew up, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, I mean, it kept people engaged. It, it is sad to think about it taking away, like because I feel like that became the big story of the night and sort of maybe overshadowed some things like important speeches and and, right. and wins that you know should have been they should have had a bit more spotlight on that, but it was overshadowed by this sort of spontaneous thing. Um. Yeah, it was just it was wild. I really didn't know. I was so confused. I was like, is this a bit? Is this real? Mm-hmm. Now it's back and forth between those two viewpoints multiple times. And uh, I mean, I feel like once you see the genuine anger on his face and if you if, if you guys have heard the uncensored version of the of the, um, you know, experience then you 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 can tell it's it's genuine. Yes. I was going to say now a day removed from this incident and you hit everything on nail on the head. You know, there were some real accomplishments. We've seen a deaf actor win an Oscar. We've seen a queer woman win an Oscar. And this while Will Smith wins an Oscar, which is an awesome accomplishment. It um obviously this was the bigger story and kind of took away that pizzazz. But, you know, a day removed from this. Do you think you you said you totally believe this was a real situation? Yeah, I, I mean, 100 um, percent. It was hard to tell because, I mean, you you talked about it a little already, but like he seemed to be laughing at the joke mm-hmm. prior to him storming the stage. But 
I, my mindset thought, you know, laughter sometimes comes from a place of being uncomfortable or laughter can sort of come from an, an irritating point. Like, you know, it's, it's the first yeah, it's a human step. mechanism. Yeah. It's, just, it's a, yeah, it's the first step before maybe getting actually irritated. It's a defense mechanism, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, once he apologized during the speech, um, to the Academy, to the nominees and all the talk of defending, you know, the people in your family, like it, mm. it, it seemed like it correlated entirely to the experience we had just seen. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. I, and I think Chris Rock wouldn't exactly volunteer to be embarrassed like that. I think that's the first step. Yeah. And he, and he was way too flustered for it to be fake. Like he, <laughs> he, 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 like, I mean, there's just no other way to put it. He like just seemed genuinely shocked by what had just happened. He couldn't even, I'm pretty sure he said like, I'm about to present a documentary and then was like, yeah. oh, I'm about to present an award. For We're still award. doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. And the man just not Shalali, whoever <laughs> I can credit. He did the killer. Like the rest of the night, just, just, just felt like, you know, I mean, we witnessed an assault on stage. Yeah. I thought it was funny. LAPD investigating. What is there to investigate? You saw everything at once. But. <laughs> it was it was live. Um, no, yeah, it did feel like sort of that after that happened, it felt like at like the pacing for the rest of because of that taking up a little mm -hmm. extra time, then the pacing for everything else was just off and everyone was sort of focus on that for a brief moment but then i mean this is sort of unrelated but it felt like it, i mean it, it went past 11 so yeah. it, it went over time and i think that has to do with other speeches as well which i mean they deserve to you know the actors deserve as actors and creative team deserve as much time as they can get. yeah and the whole crew like, like with that moment it just started to it, it did start to drag a little bit the uh evening news can wait right yeah. this was this this was such a damper we definitely won't forget it and yeah. i mean it was just there's so much at once that you definitely think of like i think it's fair to say that will smith was out of line even yeah. with what's not i don't want to say the word good intentions but you know he was defending his wife who was insulted but you know there could have been so many other approaches to do it, whether after the show or what i mean at this point maybe this is sometimes you'd rather tweet it but you know you just just saw a violent act and um there's just so much to unpack and they have a long ways we have some ways to go and hopefully we can learn from this you, you th you'd think like after the they messed up the best picture winner five years ago with moonlight yeah. and la la land that was the craziest moment the oscars so we should wait till five years waited five <laughs> years yeah no i mean i yeah i agree i i mean i can trying to show or trying to be empathetic i can see the side for both like i can see will smith trying to defend his wife as you said mm -hmm. um i can see chris rock who is a you know a raunchy comedian making a fucked up joke mm -hmm. like because you know that's his job he's done it countless times already yeah and like like I, you know, I, I, I can see both sides, but I think at the at the end of the day, um, it could have been handled 
better. He did not have to storm the stage and like it, it should have been dealt with at a later time off screen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Another time off screen would have prevented a, uh, this awkward situation. <laughs> and same t- it's weird. Cause it's like, I, it's like, it's like two ends of the spectrum. It's like, it was entertaining and like, it definitely yeah. was like, wow. But then you think about like sort of the stuff we already talked about where like the time could have been used better. Yeah. You wanted to, do you think if the rock made that joke or Jason Momoa would we have the same reaction? <laughs> <laughs> those are big, la- those are big lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, watch a year from now though. Kiss and make up. They'll do some barely Oscar. See, we're friends. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is definitely they uh, need um, at least Will Smith needs some time to uh, let this die out. He's not going to get charges pressed against him. Yeah. And yeah, it's just really unfortunate because we said it before, I guess the this would be a weird trade. This is the first war we talk about with best actor that he I think he very much deserved it, even though we also really wanted Andrew Garfield to win. But yes. That imagine faith if he just won, we wouldn't have seen this. But then the Oscars wouldn't be talked about. But yeah, around the world, you I think we're all we're all something that like we're gonna like remember and like books will be made about this for for years to come. Whether yeah, whether it be SNL or mm-hmm. future Oscars or just award shows in general, I feel like this could potentially be brought up because it was such a like just out of the blue um happening if yes it was i mean the memes are are pretty they're undefeated right now that's one of the few times the internet's good on something my favorite joke i've heard what did chris rock um was what did chris rock wake up to this morning (laughs) what fresh prince (laughs) prince Oh, Fresh Prince. <laughs> my cool. mom sent me that. <laughs> Shout out to my mother for that. Well, all uh, acts of violence aside, and when everybody and when uh, cooler heads prevailed, there was a ceremony, the Oscars. And as we said, I think I'm just going to ask right away, Chris, how did you feel about last night's ceremony in general besides the uh, scuttlebuck that took place? Sure. Um, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Um, I thought there was, I was happy with a lot of the wins. I was, um, happy with the live music performances. I, um, enjoyed, I thought there was a lot of really beautiful speeches. Uh, I thought the hosting was, uh, I thought the hosting was good. I, and I thought they, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes and the hall, did a nice job. I, you know, I feel like just in general, like when it comes to hosting the Oscars, not every joke lands, but, Mm -hmm. but I actually did find myself really enjoying their, you know, the bits that they came up with. I thought they were charming and fun. Um, yeah. And, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't think I was really disappointed that much with, with like how the, the wins went. I, I, I feel like I sort of expected most of the things that happened, maybe with only a couple ones that I had gotten wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, how, I mean, how did you feel? Like I said, ceremony was great. My picks, maybe I should have uh, betted some on these betting websites. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
off the bat, seeing our our uh, movie we loved, Coda, go uh, undefeated, went three for three with their awards with the yeah. best picture, supporting actor and original screenplay win. That was awesome. I really think I saw Dune really swept away. And I think that's a uh, great takeaway from that film. And it was really fun. I, it was really fun, even with the uh, one part we just talked about. I think it was an awesome ceremony, and it was it was a good time. I guess one of the things to transition as pretty similar picks. So from the movies you predicted that um, it didn't pan out, for instance, why don't we get it to that, which was we missed. Like, oh, okay. for Best Actress, you and I were uh, feeling good about Kristen Stewart, at least I was. Yeah. Ultimately, just uh, did you pick Kristen Stewart as well? I I had I I unfortunately had missed out on all of these movies in that category. Yeah, I remember but, you, we were going with your gut feeling on this one. Yeah, but just from buzz and and sort of gut feeling, I had said that uh, Kristen Stewart should win, but I thought Nicole Kidman was going to win. Nicole Kidman, yes. Okay, for uh, becoming Ricardo's. But but at the same time, these are all very accomplished actresses, and I thought, I, really, I thought it could go anyway. Um, and it, it, it was, I mean, I'm a big fan of Jessica Chastain, so it was cool to see her win. Oh, yeah. It, I was pleasantly surprised seeing her win an Oscar in the sense that, um, I think she's been better in other roles. I mean, look, it's your dark 30 for instance, but this was awesome to see. Even if I didn't like the eyes of Tammy Faye, but I loved her and Andrew Garfield in it. It's, it's cool. You know, why not? It's clearly deserving of it. And I know she's had quite a path. I think there were times where if either she was homeless or would go in and out or was very, very poor at one point, but something like that. But it's nice to see, um, her overcoming that and hey, she's rocking that gold statue. Great, great yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, it's nice to just before we move on, it's 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 sometimes, you know, you got to even if you don't love the movie, you can separate the, the performances given. Oh, the yeah. From the movie uh, and recognize that those are good. And, and maybe the movies, you know, not your favorite, but like you can appreciate it. Um, but, but yeah. that that's what's great about movies that we yeah. have these options. Uh-huh. What other what, what other um wins did uh did you pick but it went the other way? Uh let's see. I had I thought um I had let's see. I I was I was pretty I did pretty well. Uh I did think that um, I thought West Side Story might win Steven Spielberg for directing. Yes. It, it went with who I thought was probably going to win, which is Jane Champion uh, for Power of the Dog. Um, I think it, I was between those two, and so I wasn't really surprised um, by that, but like, by the West Side Story loss there. Um, I was surprised a little bit as a whole that like, as I said, a lot of these could go in many different ways, but I did think that West Side Story was potentially going to take more than it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was kind of, well, not bummed out, but I thought 
West Side Story could have received more fanfare. And with a lot of various reasons why they that may not be the case, as we mentioned before, one, the leads, the lead in it who plays Tony has had allegations against him and obviously turns people off for a fair reason there. I think that hurt the film ultimately Uh, for a movie that is a remake that, you know, people see time and time again, maybe that they felt it was time to give other, you know, films recognition, like just be happy the nomination, but not the win. But we did see Ariana DeBose take the best supporting actress win, you know, Exactly 60 years since Rita Moreno won it as well. Both Anita's winning Oscars, which is an awesome accomplishment there. And I still encourage people to watch it. I will go as far as to say that this remake is just as good, if not better, than the original, at least in film. I've never seen the stage version of it. But and especially watch your opinion on it. And I told you the the best part was guy who played Riff. That yeah. she uh, definitely got snubbed there. But um, yeah, that's just one of the themes of these Oscars. You, you never know where, where they're going to go. But mm-hmm. it uh, <clears throat> we still do appreciate what we have. Um, some other things of note. The thing. One cool thing, just Billie Eilish has an Oscar. She won for No Time to Die with the best yeah. ritual song. Um, Lynn Manuel Miranda couldn't get that EGOT, but obviously that's eventually going to get accomplished. Yeah. Um, we both, as you mentioned, we both wanted, we thought we would see other things. Jane, Jane Campion, a power of the dog, even though, um, I didn't like the film as much, thought it was slow. I'm definitely not going to exactly oppose this win. It was a well-directed film despite that. Um, what other cool things we have? So why don't we get into Coda really quick? The movie yeah, we loved. And yeah. now I hope more people get Apple subscriptions to check this out. Yeah. As we said, it went three for three. First, t- best supporting actor, Tony Coatsar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. was that was really chilling. Um, seeing him recognize and that emotional speech he gave, it, it was it was so captivating. And it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see just a well-deserved, simple, family-friendly PG-13 movie that everyone could get into. And I was I was definitely really, really happy to see that ultimately. Yeah. And I mean there, I'd be surprised anyone who has a soul can at least appreciate the movie. Talk yeah. to me about what you're feeling to seeing Coda get recognized as it should have. Um, I yeah, I was I was super happy. I I wasn't quite sure. I mean, just seeing, I I was very hopeful that Troy Kotzer was gonna win. Yes, uh, and I was so pleased when he did. Um, and then to see them continue to pick up awards throughout the night with adapted screenplay, where mm-hmm. I, I, had, I had Dune actually winning that one, but I was happy to see Coda win that. Um, and then to see them take home Best Picture in a category that we talked about the other day is, is full of such different diverse, um, uh, you know, premises. Uh, 
it was it was it was really great to you know as you said see a movie that's any feel anyone can get into it's it's a it's a you know a drama about family a drama and comedy i would say about family because it's very very funny um yeah and you know i feel like sometimes and i mean we could probably look into the past but like the academy goes for you know maybe a bit more of the the artsy vibe or something that, that like pretentious maybe, life is arts type of movie. That's very like, you know, like you'll, you know, maybe there was like method actors in the <laughs> year, or like, you know, it has a very complicated, intricate um, storyline, but the, it was, it, it was a nice, like, you know, change of pace to see um, a simple, but, also very um, nuanced and exciting film that represented the CODA and deaf community so well. Yes. Um, and uh, Absolutely. And not being too corny about it, as we mentioned in our previous podcast, not making their disability the focus of it. It's just having characters who live life differently despite that obstacle that's what's probably the best part about it it's not i'm i'm not that typical artsy life here is a deaf factor trying to overcome his issues being deaf no it was just these people these characters are hearing impaired but they just experience they just experience life differently than us so let's see a movie with them Sure, it's 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 a part of their character, but it's not the true focus, and it doesn't have to be such a struggle. It's just an easy watch, and you you couldn't say it any better. That's what's makes this movie so rewarding, ultimately. Yeah, and I think I mean, you know, I agree with everything you just said, and also just the fact that, like at its core, this is a story about you know wanting to on one side remain loyal and be there for your family while also recognizing that you have, you know, there's, there's these undiscovered passions living inside you. Yeah. This opportunity you have in front of you, what do you do? Explore them and like, maybe, you know, not even like realizing that, that there's more for you. Um, and wanting to go out and see what you can make of, you know, the, the time you have. Um, so yeah, it's at its core, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful film that I, anyone can sort of relate to. I mean, anyone like going to college mm-hmm. is definitely super relatable. Anyone going off to somewhere where you're going to be away from your family, you know, and if you're close to your, if you're super close to your family, that's a hard thing to do. So I think this will, this will tug on, tug on the old heartstrings of anyone trying to sort of spread their wings and, um, you know, make a name for themselves. And I hope five years from now, and, I, and I'm confident this will be the case that five years from now, we'll remember Coda 10 years, 15 years, 20, that this eventually gets it to that legendary status. We have a ways to go. We have years till that becomes possible. But for a movie that is just so funny, so wholesome and so entertaining, ultimately, 
this is exactly the best part of the Oscars beyond all the woke speeches and the slapping of celebrities that we could celebrate good storytelling that everyone yes. appreciates and enjoys. And yeah, just some other notes, as I mentioned, Dune again, just stacking the awards, winning in production design, editing, costume design, sound, um, was, did, it, did the costume go to Cruella or was that makeup and hairstyle? Oh, excuse me. I was looking at the wrong thing. Yes, costume design went to Cruella by Jenny Biavon. And, you know, shouts to her. That's her third yes. win. Um, what, what was I looking at? Well, I meant, did I say costume design? I meant production design. Oh, okay. And, uh, cinematography there. So, Original score, you get you get to see Hans Zimmer just win his second Oscar, but still, that's pretty uh, crazy to think about. <laughs> that that's only a second time. He's still here, though. And congratulations to Mr. Zimmer. So, d- when you were watching Dune, did you think it was going to rack all these Oscars ultimately? Uh yeah. I mean, definitely in the in the categories that it won. Definitely. I mean, it's a it's a you know, a, a gorgeous looking film um, with, you know, mind blowing effects. And I mean, that this is what you come to expect with this director, though. If you've seen Arrival, right. if you've seen Arrival, um, it's not or like, you know, there's some pretty cool effects used in, in his movie Enemy as well. Like, yeah, you, Prisoners you know, is another one. Yeah, Prisoners. You, you know, you've this is sort of something I, I, Right when it came out, I knew, and after seeing it on on an IMAX screen, I definitely thought that it was going to be a top contender for, you know, awards like visual effects and production design and, you know, all the other ones that you listed. And I think it definitely deserves it too. Although I felt a bunch of these films could have taken it, but I think Dune probably had the, you know, I, I give most of the accolade. I'd give most of the accolades to Dune this year. And then you're going to have a part two. You know, it has a lot of hype to live up to, but I figure if anything, if anyone could pull it off, will be uh, Denis Villeneuve. And, you know, he had probably the best decade as a director of the 2010s. Yeah. Though he wasn't able to get any gold for himself, this award ceremony, there's no doubt in my mind, very soon he's going to get recognized properly. Yeah. Um, some other things, P.T. Anderson got nothing. <laughs> and, you know, I can't, I, w- I, I think Licorice Pizza was the one I had the most expectations on that, it kind of fell short. I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was watching, though I liked the movie. I didn't think it was anything special. Um, it's under, I think it's, you know, understandable. I, I enjoyed it, but I'm, I feel like I'm not having trouble, but I'm not very, I'm not in a rush to rewatch it. If I'm being honest, <laughs> that's, like, a, that's I, a very polite I, I would, way to put I, it. I agree. I would, I would. Um, and I, and I did enjoy a lot of it. Um, as I mean, we talked about it. it's a it's a slice of life, and so it's doesn't really follow a a super tight narrative. But no. um, yeah, I mean, if you're a PTA fan, you've you've already seen it. If you're not, you you might you might not enjoy it. But it's as simple as that. I feel like. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised, really. I, I did have it winning original screenplay because I do think it's a, it does seem like it's a good script. It was very funny. Um, Belfast ultimately took that. but At, um, at least which, with that, it's cool to see Kenneth Branagh win an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was really nice. Um, and then it was, I, I mean, I... I guess what was the the other ones for Licorice Pizza were just directing and Best Picture. Right? Yeah, only those. Yeah. I mean, I figured. I mean, for in, in regards to Best Picture, I feel like Licorice Pizza would be in my like list of films would be like right above Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. And that's Don't Look Up's at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> so. Don't Look Up. I was glad to see. This is gonna sound mean, but I was glad to see it didn't win any awards, any Oscars. Not again. It was a solid okay. I, I would go as far as to think overrated at times, but it 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 wouldn't exactly be my top choice either. But it still, like I said, gives me one of my favorite lines in a movie: "The president is fucking lying." By the great Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I think as a whole, like it was, there was a lot to like about. Uh, don't look up. And I think specifically in the performances. Yes. Um, that's definitely the best part of it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, we talked about the A-list cast, you know, actors and that we've, you know, known for decades at this point. Uh, <laughs> right. All come together to create this like star studded ensemble. And like, it just was, it, it didn't always land for me. Like just in regards to the comedy, I think. And, um, I mean, did you feel like they were trying? Don't look up. I'm curious, like that they were like trying to like smack a message over your head at all, or yes, very much so. Adam McKay's movies, his dramas, at least. You know, it's funny. This is the same director who directed Anchorman and Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Once he tra- changed some more, a mo- movies that seem more of a political liberal agenda. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but some people could be patient with it. Some could find it, not to use the overuse the word again, but pretentious uh, too much. I do think that that was more of a message. And I think such having an A-list star-studded cast kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> I really honestly think you would be you would have a better job selling the film with more up and coming actors with instead of like a movie that's clearly ultimately Hollywood, you have you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Timothy Chalamet and Jennifer Lawrence all there. And, oh, and they're sorry. while, while Joda Hill, Meryl Streep, like you said, while they're trying to tell me, like, I get it. Climate change is bad and we're not reversing it. But you also did it in this movie, didn't blame the oil industry who, you know, is a big contributor to that as well. But what do I know? I'm just a viewer. <laughs> I think it, it, I think it got a little too much and, I honestly thought that might it might be recognized for that. Maybe those people in power thought it was brilliant and this has to be recognized and fix climate change, but I'm glad the uh more wholesome movie took the took that honor away, you know. Took that honor f- away from them, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else if there's anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Did I? Is what else did if we miss anything? Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley didn't really take anything either. I don't think it took anything. No, it got shut out as well. 
again, for a movie that was fun and we liked the period piece aspect of it, maybe this was just an example of too many cooks in the kitchen. And, wow. um, you know, Guillermo del Toro has won before, but, you know, at least it got nominated to get those right recognition. So, yeah, we'll take that. Um, we picked Encanto did win Best Amer- uh, Animated Feature. Yeah, I wasn't. I was definitely not surprised by that. <laughs> Hard to miss that. Disney just stacking up on their Oscars. And it was. I think it was the best. I prefer, I would have preferred to have seen um, Flea win, but okay, that is okay. And, uh, and then we have Drive My Car winning international feature. Yes, that's definitely it was I, to me it was going to be either that or the worst person in the world yeah and for a three-hour movie that is worth it if you have the pit the patience for great characters and writing and lost with grief dealing with grief yeah uh, it was ultimately a good movie it might be tough watch but it's definitely not a bad one no nah. yeah i think we pretty much hit everything we needed here uh, but oh, again, even though Dune won visual effects, it would have been nice if Spider Man No Way Home, clearly everybody's favorite movie in the general aspects, won. But we can't have nice things sometimes. Yeah, it, I, was, I thought I thought maybe if Sha- it could have Shang Chi would have been interesting too. Yes, absolutely. But uh, in the words of the young person, it'd be like that. Oh, what do, uh, I do actually have uh, something a bit unrelated, but who, yeah. who, did you, who, if you can remember, who did you think were the best presenters last night? That's a good question. Um, well, we definitely, uh, definitely not Chris Rock. That kind of got awkward. <laughs> um, I really like seeing Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga at the end. Yeah, It was nice to see her kicking it. She's a living legend, very important in the industry. And that was very sweet. And she seems her mind is still there and not lost a beat. And we appreciate that. That was that was really cool. Yeah, that was nice. What would you say? I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm blanking out, but there's there was presenters early on. Was it the Tony Hawk and Sean White? Because I mean, you that know, that's what we been, asked for. That was, that was interesting. That was funny. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was cool. Like you know, you know, they do these extreme sports or not? Not even that extreme, but like you know, stuff that you know James Bond would find himself potentially doing. So it seemed, right. uh, it seemed uh, reasonable that they were uh, you know sort of handling that tribute. Yeah. Um, you like um like uh, you had who I'm just looking at the list right now that was good um Josh Brolin Jason Momoa was good yeah I liked we had um Elliot Page and who are the other two oh, with him J.K. Simmons and uh, Jennifer Garner yeah I like that that was a good pair over there yeah, it was um nice. it was nice hearing them reflect on uh, Juno yeah. Yeah. All these years later, it, that was a cool. We had a cool few reunions. The Juno reunion, the Godfather, yes. um, was great. 50th anniversary just this past week. Pulp Fiction, that was pretty cool. Samuel Jackson with Thurman, bald, uh, bald uh, John Travolta. <laughs> Glad to see uh, Shawn Mendes and Rachel Ziegler, who was, I guess, they forgot to invite her. Glad to yeah. see she had a funny joke that she made it. Yeah. Um, 
what else am I missing others that really stuck out? Tiffany Haddish always makes me laugh. So just anytime yeah, she's... I shoot at Simo. Yeah. Anytime she shows up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought overall the presenters were, you know, solid. And um, how about with the performances? My favorite was the Cast and Canto. We don't talk about Bruno. That was okay, a hell yeah. of fun. That was probably my favorite. I thought Reba was good. I didn't even kind of forgot about her, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but she she was uh, absolutely incredible. I, actually, I don't really tend to see a performance. I was like, this sucks. Yeah, no. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of uh, the 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 Billie Eilish "No Time to Die" song. Yeah, "No Time to Die." So that one was probably my favorite. I feel like it's a really good, solid uh, Bond opener, opening song. Oh, this is gonna be a great thing to see who's gonna be the next Bond. Did yeah? Did you like how? It, did you ultimately see "No Time to Die"? I did, yeah. I, and, yeah I've seen all the Daniel Craig, uh, James Bonds. You were happy how they they uh, um, closed the door on that saga. I, I ultimately yes. Um, I, I liked I liked No Time to Die as a whole. I liked the ending. I didn't. I it didn't really have some of the subtlety that I loved in like Casino Royale, mm-hmm. Skyfall, or uh, perhaps. But and like. Um, like I, I, you know, not to get into a huge tangent on James Bond, but like Casino Royale is my favorite. And what I love about that Definitely. one, what I love about that one is, I mean, you know, I love a lot of, a lot about it, but I love how the, the main plot seems like it's very like down to earth, like it could happen. Whereas like <laughs> once it gets to sort of like, like with Rami Malik's villain in this, like it seemed very like, you know, international, like the world's gonna like end and like mm-hmm. people are gonna get this virus and stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I had a blast. It had, you know, the classic action we've come to love. I love Daniel Craig. As yes. Bond, so it was, it's sad to see him go. Uh, I'm excited to see who takes on the mantle next. Do you um, have anyone in mind you'd like to see? Um, I feel like, I mean, I've seen all the shit on the internet. So like, I mean, I've seen like, I mean, honestly, I thought, I thought one that was brought up a while back would, that would be interesting is Idris Elba. Yeah, I think so too. He would add a new dynamic to the character. I think every single bond should add something like their own brand to it. Yeah. And he'd be great, but he turns 50 in September. I mean, why not? You would, (laughs) you could put, you know, you can have actors turn into you. You know what? They'll probably give him this anti-aging pill or something. Yeah, get a solid two roles out of him. Yeah. I think that would be sweet if if they don't think he's too old already. Or yeah, I mean, I think another cool one that was thrown around. Were well, you a Game of Thrones fan at all? I'm very familiar. I tried. I tried really hard, Chris, but I just. Couldn't yeah. go through it, but I probably know who you're talking about. Also, in the, you see the Eternals, Marvel. Yeah, you uh, played uh, Icarus in that. Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Let me. And he played Rob. Bit. Played Rob Stark in uh, Game of Thrones. Richard Madden. You you think there you, there must be somebody in that uh, Game of Thrones cast who could? There's <laughs> probably a lot of people who are. 
Um, would be a great choice. Richard Madden, Scottish actor. Oh, yeah. I can see this guy. He played Romeo and Romeo Juliet at the Globe Theater, according to this. Mm. Okay, I can see. I like that. Um, There's talk of Tom Hardy, too, but I don't know if I'm a huge fan. I like Tom Hardy, but I don't really know. Yeah, a little. I, I, I don't I just don't see Bond, maybe Bond villain. I thought Henry Cavill would be a great Bond. I mean, he's, he's, definitely, also, got the, he's definitely got the suave. Oh, as suave as you get. You know, another one, even though he's Irish, I don't know how strict if they want to keep with the British, but if you're keeping the UK theme, again, he's 44, but Michael Fassbender, I thought okay. would be good in that role, but again, he's Irish, so I don't know <laughs> if that's would break the rules. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. Ultimately, I'm excited to just... You know, I don't really know how far out we are from hearing about like who the next one's going to be. I feel like we're they're probably taking a break for a little while. But yeah, or maybe I'll, they're in the casting room right now. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But I, I'll be on the lookout for that for sure. Indeed. Well, Chris, I think we pretty much checkmarked everything we did. We needed yeah. to with all things Oscars. What a show! What a show that we will always remember now, <laughs> and we have direct thoughts and takes right away from this but i appreciate you chris thank you so much for the time let's continue to stay in touch yeah and oscar movie oscar season 2023 starts right now yeah yeah i'm already um thank you for first off thank you for having me again i I love doing stuff like this so seriously last i love talking about movies and stuff and i mean you know we haven't seen a lot yet but there's already a lot of uh anticipation i feel like for a lot of things coming out so far yes we'll start with sonic the hedgehog 2 <laughs> yeah. uh, which was released next week that, that will kick off the oscar season yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right the great chris bailey everybody you the man and i'll see you soon yeah see you man Chris Bailey, great job again. Thank you for coming on, and you make me proud for a reason. Good job on the show today. We appreciate your takes and input. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConversations pod we're on tiktok at productive conversations oh by the way let's go coda wins best picture i knew it i just wanted to take one last moment to express the joy on my face right now that is smiling up to my ears for the fact that coda won best picture that is a feel-good movie right there and as chris said You don't have to go to the artsy-fartsy mumbo-jumbo shit that Oscars are perceived to be. No, this is an authentic movie about a family, about a daughter trying to be somebody else, and a movie that will really bring you a lot of joy. Get that on Apple TV+. It is worth the six bucks uh, for the subscription. You will love it, guarantee 
So what's up next? We have a humongous show on Thursday, the last day of March. March 31st, this Thursday, we have two big shows into one. First, Final Four is this weekend. That's right. The Final Four teams in the for the men's tournament is this weekend. UNC versus North Carolina. It doesn't get any better than that. Not only in college sports, but in sports in general. Two of the greatest rivalries of all time in sports are going to battle it out for a chance to be in the championship with Coach K's career on the line. I mean, wow. This is as poetic justice as it gets. That's going to be awesome as the Kansas City Jayhawks and Villanova Wildcats are going to play each other on Saturday as well in the other Final Four matchup. Nova versus Kansas. The winner of that will play in the championship game on Monday night. So yeah, the Final Four this year wound up being Villanova, Kansas, Duke, and UNC. I have a feeling there's more than a few brackets that actually pick those matchups. So congratulations to them. Enjoy your money, I guess. But we're going to talk about the Final Four. We'll talk about St. Peter's' magical run. We'll talk about the teams that absolutely shit fit, um, ate shit and fell on the ground, like a UConn or a Gonzaga or a Baylor. We'll get into that. Alex Ranelio and Brandon Gutierrez will join me there. And on top of that, we have WrestleMania weekend this weekend. Who would have thought the Final Four weekend and WrestleMania weekend falling on the same Saturday for the games and then WrestleMania Sunday has its night all to itself. This is going to be huge. Um, Brendan Brown's birthday shouts to my great brother for that. WrestleMania weekend is this weekend, and we're bringing the wrestling crew in to talk all things WrestleMania as we preview what might be the most important WrestleMania of all time. Ryan Page is with me. AJ the Man is with me, and we're going to review or we're going to preview the wrestlemania weekend ahead so lots to do very busy week ahead wrestlemania and final four in the same show that's this thursday on march 31st you do not want to miss it and we will continue to grind up until then i've been uh talking to a bunch of other people been interviewing them for podcasts and recording some epic episodes a lot of good things ahead for sure and i want to thank the productive nation for making this possible you know i love each and every single one of you and let's give you some more content for you to be entertained informed and inspired so let's enjoy the middle part of the week let's get ready for the weekend one way or the the other But first, let's just work hard and then play hard after. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Oh, man, I love this show. One day you go talk about the Oscars. The next day you talk about the Final Four. Then you talk about WrestleMania. This show is a blessing, and it's a blessing to have each and every one of you a part of this journey. But, yes, I will see you all on Thursday. And don't forget to check in on your friends and family. Peace. All she needed was some...